Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday. Really quick before we get started, obviously we just want to say to everybody, vote. Make sure you're wearing a mask Mm -hmm. if you're voting in person. You know, hand those ballots in in person if you can, if your state allows it. Get out there. Everybody make their voices heard so we're not in a full-blown panic the next time we talk to you. (laughs) And if you go to drop off your ballot in one of the ballot drop-off boxes and at first it seems confusing to you and you are very embarrassed, you are not alone. (laughs) I stood at my ballot box for a good five minutes looking for the hole. Oh, my God. You guys, I was like a preteen boy having his first experience with the girl. It was the worst possible. It was so embarrassing. And there was people watching me from their cars, and I was so... Like, you know, the paranoid part of me was like, these are people who are coming to mess with the ballot boxes. And then the other part of me was like, these are people who are here to protect the ballot boxes. And then finally (laughs) I was walking away and I was like, these are just people who are in their cars. It has nothing to do with you. And I finally put in my ballot and then I got a uh, email like two days later that it was accepted. I felt very happy. Uh, so, uh, vote and don't be embarrassed if you can't figure out the box. Cause it's like so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Amazing. Don't be ashamed. You guys, don't everyone has ashamed. a first time. It's okay. Normalize <laughs> being confused in public people. <laughs> Normalize it. Um, yeah, please go vote. And then also Alyssa, you're a double, double champion. What do you, oh uh, how do you feel? I truly. Okay. So like. I've never seen the Dodgers win a championship or win the World Series. Um, I didn't think that they were going to do it just because there's so much. I They've just been in so many funky situations over the recent years. And I was just full-blown crying. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. I was so emotional. And there's so many guys, like, over the years that have been on the team that, you know, finally, like, especially Clayton Kershaw, like, they got one, you know? Um, and they were robbed of the 2017 one and the cheating scandal and just – I'm pumped and I want, you know, I want all the shirts. I want all the hats of like LA (laughs) being the championship city. What a great, I mean, what a great year for LA sports, I guess. It's a little sad because like, I wish we could like actually go celebrate it, but that'll come, I guess. Right. Yeah. We watched it and then we like went outside to see if we could like hear fireworks and people screaming and we did hear a few in the distance and it was very exciting. Yeah. I feel like the east side is where it was like popping off. Yeah, probably. There was some fireworks here. I think the teenage boy that lives behind me set off a few fireworks. (laughs) Nice. I want you to repost on table flipping story your video of you watching them win because it's so freaking cute okay. and you only posted it on your profile which is right. an exclusive profile <laughs> so we got to see you win with the Lakers so we have to complete it and have we see, see you win with the Dodges amazing I didn't dress up because I was so paranoid that it would fuck things up <laughs> so I just like put my hat on backwards after Mookie hit a home run and I was like okay I think this is okay but I'm this not sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, well, anyway, cute. thank you for asking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is funny. I feel like, um, I feel like with both of these, uh, championships, I felt like a mom where I'm watching, like, just cause I really want you to be happy about it. I'm like, well, I, I also really enjoy watching it cause it's just like fun for me, but I know it's Alyssa's team. It would make her so happy. That's so, so I sweet. just like become your mother about it. My mom, um, I talked to my mom and she was like, I think it's so funny that you like the Lakers because when I was very pregnant with you, I took you to a Lakers game and I was worried the game would damage your hearing. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, well, I can hear the Lakers just fine, Mom. Thanks so much. That's so funny. I was worried it would damage your hearing. Oh, I should say, uh, back during the NBA Finals, uh, on our little group thread with Tony's family, uh, Tony's parents texted all of us, me, Tony, and Amber, and was like, well, who are you guys rooting for? Like, I don't know if you maybe are rooting for Jimmy Butler, if you're rooting for the Lakers. And I was like, I'm rooting for the Lakers. And Tony's mom goes, of course you are, for Alyssa. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Tony's mom. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, you're right, you're right. Um, let's get into this week. Wow. How I have never seen, and to be fair, I didn't watch, uh, live the Juan Pablo season, but I feel like the, this season of the bachelorette is first of all, very 2020 because I've never felt people be so angry about it and like (laughs) want to stop watching it. And like the whole show is up in flames, like everything else about the world. It's like, this was supposed to be this like fun escapism, this like familiar, silly show. And instead it's becoming just a like platform for just garbage behavior and horrible things that make me feel bad. I, I just can't believe it. What a, what a, get her out of here, man. What do we think? Um, I was wondering if a bachelorette had ever taken so much heat. You know, we've seen quite a few bachelors that have, but it really seems like, you know, the I thought the you know, like Claire was losing a lot of goodwill um early on in the season and this was just like, wow, like the bottom is much lower than I initially realized. She's just being like a straight up asshole to everybody. A asshole and an inconsistent asshole. Like I, yeah. keep, I keep searching for specific words that I think she is. I want to diagnose her and I want to be like, she is a narcissist or she's like a psychopath. Like I want to do that little armchair therapist thing that we all do when we're judging people. And I can't even because she's just so all over the place with her shitty behavior. And I did. I do think when we were talking about this season and before it came out and we were just reading these headlines about her leaving early and we were so shocked and like really surprised and we were like this seems like a shitty breach of contract this but the people the producers of the bachelorette must have been scrambling to like find somebody now having seen what they were working with they must have been looking for any way to get her the fuck out of there because they know that she's bad like they've got to know she's bad tv i also think that they like she probably just burned a bridge with the bachelor producers because they are throwing her under the bus left and right Mm, like mm. like playing that audio where she was like can we speed up the rest of them like yeah i'm sure somebody at some point has said that about the rest of their contestants when they had stronger feelings for a different group of people you know people get fatigued you don't want to have to make out with like a bunch of guys that you don't care about I understand that but like this was the first time we've ever seen that on camera and I was shocked I was like wow they straight up just like put fucking a knife through her heart on this on this television program like, that's a really good point I mean that's exactly like what I was saying last week about there has to be so much like footage on the cutting room floor of like guys not knowing when to ask for her for a second with her you know like yeah. there's got to be plenty of tired bachelor bachelorettes that are like can we rush this so I could go to bed also so funny that you just said and you sometimes you don't want to make up make out with a bunch of guys that you don't care about I totally get that <laughs> Look, it's a big problem for me, too. I get it. (laughs) I get it. Like, I've been there, girl. Like, sometimes you just don't want to do that. Which brings us to, can we talk about this weird pool kiss? Yeah. Okay, so this is very interesting to me because I feel like every woman I know has had a different reaction to it. And I feel like all of them are kind of fair, to be honest with you. That's, wow, I'm glad you feel that same way, too. I've talked to, like, two or three girls about it, and they all have a different take. Yeah, that is it. Well, what was yours personally? So, what was okay. your first reaction? So for the people who didn't see it, there's this guy named Zach J and Claire <laughs> was being shitty and not really giving him any. He, she wasn't giving him a chance to to bond or she's pretty much made up her mind that she like doesn't want to be on a one on one date with this guy, which is like, OK, well, then why did you choose him to go on a one on one date with? That sucks. Um, mm-hmm. And they're in the pool and she's like, OK, I'm going to go get ready for dinner And she leans in to kiss him and he closes his eyes like they're going to kiss and she stops like a millimeter away from his mouth. And then she goes, oh, shit, and pulls away and turns around like she's upset. And he realizes that from his side of things, she wanted him to like finish the kiss, like grab her face or bring her in or whatever it is like meet her she did the 80 20 thing whatever um and then (laughs) yes and as she's walking away he tries to make up for it by like kind of manhandling her he like tries to turn her around by her neck and then he tries to like grab her torso and that's tough but this guy like i i just i feel bad for him because i think 
you know, no judgment of Claire. Obviously, that was difficult for her. She didn't like being grabbed. But he really, I think, was just trying to meet her at what she was, you know, requesting. Like, she wanted to be, like, taken into someone's arms and finished off with the kiss sort of thing. Yeah. Um, And he genuinely seemed, like, really embarrassed. And then she didn't come out to dinner. She just sent Chris Harrison to send him home, which is, like... I can only imagine that guy is like, oh, shit, is the Internet going to think I'm like assaulting her or something? Yeah, That's what I was thinking. And I, I, you know, I think it's fair. People are criticizing him like you shouldn't grab her. Obviously, I don't think that was the right thing to do. I don't think he was doing it in like an abusive way. I think he was just panicking and trying to overcorrect. And so I feel so bad for him. I agree. I feel I feel like there is a difference between Claire saying I I have to admit that I am sensitive to this and I feel triggered because I was in an abusive relationship. So I, I really can't handle like touch like that and behavior like that. And then just saying like basically calling him an abuser. Those yeah. are two different things. And I like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to judge her for her reaction to it. I do think it, it could be the most horrible thing ever to be grabbed when you don't want to fucking be grabbed. But to know that he is on national TV to be labeling him these things that could fucking ruin his fucking life. Like, yeah, it's just so awful for him. And it was sort of the direct solution to the what he thought the problem was, yeah. which was that's and she upset. did claim that. Yeah, that's why she and she was like, well, you didn't lean in. And so he was like, oh, let me lean in three or four times. Like, I will make up for it. I will overcorrect by trying to kiss you. So it wasn't like he tried to kiss her. She said no. And then he kept trying to kiss her and trying to kiss her and was like being fucking crazy and aggro about it. Like this poor guy who was so nervous, floating around on this weird little pool floaty, getting pedicures for the first time with his ticklish ass baby feet, like then tries to just go kiss her. And she's like, I can't handle this. Like you're dangerous and aggressive. And like, I felt I did feel bad for him. I, I feel like I she did. could have been gracious to him. And even if she was upset, come out with Chris Harrison and had like an honest talk or an honest moment about it. Yeah. And just be like, look, it's not I'm not trying to make you feel bad. This is where I'm coming from. I just don't think I can rebound from this. But like, I appreciate you being here. Exactly. Because you know? not going out to see him implies that yeah. she is too fucked up from that experience with him. And that and it also puts blame on him. It's like. It's this complete. It was yeah, wild. And it was. It was so weird. And I felt so bad. And I also think that the poor kid, I look, I replayed it. Ergonomically, she was yes! standing on the stairs out of the pool. I agree. He was standing in the pool. <laughs> she leaned as far as she could. He thought, he just did the math wrong, that she could lean another inch. And he was, like, waiting for that to happen. But where they were standing in the pool physically was just, like, kind of awkward and clunky. Yeah. And that is not either of their faults, technically. But then she just, like, completely ripped him a new one. And just admit you don't want to kiss him then. Yeah. She went in for a kiss she didn't really want to do in the first place. She was giving him this weird pity kiss. It blew up. And then it blew up in his face. Like, this poor dude. I don't know. I feel like it was so so tough I feel bad and again I don't want to I'm not trying to like shame or judge her for having a being sensitive to being grabbed and I think that she did at one point say like I I am just really sensitive to to touch like this and that's totally fair and I think even important to talk about on TV yeah but then to just crucify this guy who you know Claire that he wasn't you know yeah, that like you have a responsibility for the platform that you're on to protect people a little bit. I that's how I feel, and I you know mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that guy will ever do that to anybody ever again. So like fine, but I just leaving it like he doesn't know what the reaction to that is going to be is really scary. I think. Can I also point out that 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 felt. She is so contradictory in what she's like demanding yes. from all of these guys because then in last week she was like, I want someone to grab me immediately and ask me to go have a one on one. I want all of your attention. I want to be fucking told what to do and what to say. <laughs> like her, she's like asking for so much of like a protecting an aggressive presence from yeah. these guys. But then when they do do it, she like freaks out. And I'm like, what? I- I don't know what you want. Yeah. I also think like we saw this really two faced nature to her where she's like really good at putting on this. Like I value every single one of our conversations tonight and I've really considered them. And then behind the scenes we see her being like, 
I just want to be with Dale. Like, she's losing her mind. Like, she really is. She reminds me of myself in high school, honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, the fact that she, like, couldn't go through any of the dates after the roast without being like, and what did Dale say? So are you telling me that, like, Dale thinks that he's, like, already won me over? Like, I couldn't tell if she was saying – if she was trying to figure out if he was saying bad things about her or if she was just, like, getting high off of talking about what he's saying behind the scenes. Mm. I I did get a kick out of one of the boys. And I have to say one of the boys because, like, when Claire is not getting time with them, we as an audience are not getting time with them. So I barely know the fucking cast. But one of them – when she does have this small one-on-one time with him, asks about Dale the entire time, and then it cuts to his uh, talking head, and he's like, yeah, I guess I was, like, trying to get to know Claire, and she was just being kind of like a gossip girl. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what gossip girl is, or is she just saying she was gossiping? Because it's so funny to me. He was, like, just very tired and over. He's like, she's just being a gossip girl. And she... I, I also am so... Speaking of the like, speaking of her reminding us of us being in high school, it is so wild to me that she's not self-conscious about the other guy's time and feeling like yeah they might be annoyed with her when she spends 40 minutes in a bedroom with Dale. Oh my God. I would feel, I would feel, I feel like that with my own boyfriend at a party. Yeah. Like if I'm talking to Tony at a party too much, I get like, so, I'm like, oh my God, this is so weird. People are going to think that I'm so annoying. I'm going to go like social, like I'm self-conscious of that. How could you not be self-conscious of spending 40 minutes in a bedroom with Dale on a group date? It's She's so crazy. unapologetic about it. Yeah, and it's she, weird. It's I also thought it was weird. I hate situations where you walk in and like they were clearly just, you know, hooking up. And I was like, <laughs> is there no version of this interruption that you could move outside of the place you were clearly just dry humping Dale? Like, I don't why do they all have to walk in and like watch him hide his boner and like slither against the wall to get out without showing like a boner on camera? It's just so <laughs> icky. She just has no regard for the situation that she's put everybody in. It's like I I I kept thinking it couldn't get worse and she just kept making it worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it was wild to think it could get worse after last week. I'm so over it. And like, thank God they teased the end of this episode with that like Baywatch like slash Denise Richards moment of Taysha coming out of the pool like a hot babe. Uh because I still think that next week is still all clear. It's got to be, right? And yeah, then maybe I think like it's like all the fallout. And then maybe like they're going to try to talk to the guys about like what they want to do. I would love, honestly, to see them all walk out of the season. I've, I've, I've never heard Bachelorette contestants make more sense than when they were like, if you got a boyfriend, then what am I doing here? You yeah. know? <laughs> like- <laughs> if you got a boyfriend, what the fuck am I doing? That's the thing. Like, I, I always try to put myself in their shoes when I'm watching this stupid show because we t- I've talked a lot about their genius and putting them in a bubble with no internet, no access to the world. They put them in this mansion. All you could do is drink, work out, and think about The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, up until this point, has always, like, led on or yes-anded or validated the feelings of and placated maybe the top five, top six people, right? Like, at least. So there are people in the house who at least are getting some positive feedback. They're getting reason to to want to stay to like want to be into her and that's like that's how the show works and none of these guys aside from dale are getting a single fucking inch from claire so then they're just like they 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 have no kool-aid to sip yeah so now they're hot they're sitting in a resort they're they're fucking there's a pandemic going on they're probably only allowed to know limited information about they have family members they're probably worried about and claire is being a complete asshole to them yeah so they're like what are we fucking doing here yeah everyone's fuse is Uh, very short um mike did say something funny when taisha popped out of the pool he was like she was hiding in the pool the whole time I was like, good joke, honey. Way to go. That's funny. I, uh, oh, hi, Fredo. Hi, Fredo. Um, please don't touch the sound equipment. Just go, just sit. Just sit. Oh, my God. Um, perfect. 
I had a similar funny moment where I was screaming when Claire said, these men are making fun of my fiance. I know. That's why I, I was, was like, she's lost her mind. She's, yeah, she's bananas. <laughs> you have no, you, you don't get it. You just don't get it. And uh, Tony heard me screaming about that and has heard me like just have a, a bunch of like pontificating about how much she sucks all the time. And he goes, well, what about Dale? Like you never talk about Dale. Is Dale the problem or is it just Claire? And I was like, it's just Claire. And then I felt bad. I was like, am I being an asshole? Is Dale also the problem? No. But Dale Dale could have been anyone. That's the thing. Yeah. Like whoever she picked, I like I think that he's just so the the beta like personality and like the beta problem in this scenario. I'm like all for whoever is there to win. It's a competition. You know, like at a certain point in every season, it's like, it's yeah, like stack up. Like it's a competition. You're going to have to play a little dirty. I'm not mad at Dale for taking advantage of the opportunity that he's being given. It's her responsibility to carry on some version of the facade of the show because all these guys like gave up their lives to be here during mm-hmm. a pandemic. And we as viewers, when you accept being the bachelorette, you're not just accepting like, OK, the second I find my fiance, like I'm out of here. First of all, she, he hasn't even proposed to her. So like mm-hmm. at this point, he you know, she might be like, OK, we're going to get married. And he might be like, whoa, it's uh, day three, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I just think when you accept being the bachelorette, you're accepting participating in as much of the process as you possibly can. And she's like clearly never given that a fair shot. No. So I'm not mad at Dale at all. I think he's just like, wow, this was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this was easy. Um, Should we talk about Real Housewives of Potomac? Yes, let's do it. Okay, they talked about local elections, which I liked very much. That was exciting. Yeah, I loved that. And I love that event. When we can do it safely, could we do that? It's like sipping wine with Wendy, talking about politics and like what matters to us and like how to be actionable about it. I was uh, very into that. Me just in the back like, fuck Eric Garcetti. And they're like, okay, stop (laughs) drinking. Stop drinking, Alyssa. It's okay. Like you're on a different level. (laughs) Stop drinking, Alyssa. (laughs) Uh, I I do... um, I'm really loving Wendy. Yeah, I like her a lot. I'm really loving Wendy in general. I loved that event. I thought it was bizarre that she gave her boys um, her breast milk, but okay. (laughs) Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Like with a, yeah, the little like drops of it. Yeah. That was interesting to me. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. There's weirder things in life. (laughs) Yeah. All moms are different, I guess. Like whatever. More power to you for sure. Um, I also, (laughs) I couldn't help but think that it was so funny to me and so something I feel like I've seen in LA and like in the quote unquote industry of like someone telling people to come to their podcast event the way that Monique is telling people to come to her podcast event in this just like really self-involved like completely clueless way and she uses it with the rest of the cast as an excuse for them to come see her growth in terms of her (laughs) anger management like the a to c of her like logic of why the rest of the cast should come to her not for lazy moms like podcast panel was the most insane mental gymnastics i've seen on the show so far i was like monique you're making zero sense and she's just like I just I think if they want to challenge me to be a better and more peaceful person they want to see my growth like why would they not come to my event that has an embarrassing low amount of ticket sales like why won't they come and show up and do that and I was like this is so funny to me I I'm, love this. I think we should do the same thing for our podcast and be like I'm sorry if you support me then why aren't you helping me sell out my event no one wants to come to yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was uh, I good. loved that. There was also I like really an did. interesting nugget of information. I don't know if anyone else had the same reaction to this, but so Ashley has been on Monique's side this entire fight between Monique and Candace. And if you mm-hmm. remember, there was a situation where I think it was Monique's rainbow baby party where uh, Michael Darby grabbed someone's ass. Yes, correct. And everybody at the time was like, well, Monique has to have cameras at her house. Like, absolutely. Like, she definitely has some kind of, like, you know. Security system. Yeah. Yeah. And they should be able to easily, like, look at those tapes. And mm-hmm. Ashley, she didn't exactly say this, but she did say, 
you know, I'm backing Monique because she didn't start, she didn't like participate in the rumor mill, mill last year with Michael. And I really appreciated that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, on some level, you're saying she didn't turn over evidence of your yep. husband grabbing yep. someone, you know? Yep. Yeah. I definitely think there was a deal struck there for sure. Uh, it's curious why at the time Monique would have agreed to that unless she was like, listen, shit's going to get crazy for me next year and you have to be on my side. She's like, deal. listen, like, my husband is like not the father of my children. So <laughs> no, yeah, just, yeah. Kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I'm sure that's not the that's not the truth. So I don't know. She's going to come for us now, Alyssa. Ah, no, it's a joke. Don't worry. I, I do think that there was some sort of uh, alliance made and I, I think that it would be a shame if there was in fact some like incriminating evidence that Monique was holding against Michael although he fucking like there was plenty of evidence already there yeah. um someone said also i didn't find it when i was watching it but i i heard that there in this episode is Michael in the background pinching someone's butt <laughs> oh no and that and they were like is it an easter egg is this something that the editors knew was in there or like what is what is going on but i there's just so many other things going on in potomac right now because it's such a phenomenal show that like that just like is you know flying under the radar oh my god i feel like the editors just be just must be like so worn out from these like badly behaved men you know they're just like oh we didn't catch that one it's like the water bottle in game of thrones they're just like oh fuck we're done filming this season like give us a break And this poor, yeah, whoever is editing this too is doing double duty because this is probably the only franchise where the entire cast of husbands is equally as involved in the drama. Yeah. You know, like we get, and you know, you get Beverly Hills, it's all the women and then just like Maurizio being high every once in a while or PK like making a fool of himself. But like all of the husbands are balls deep in the drama in Potomac. So they're like doing double duty, I think, in terms of like the footage that they're working with. Yeah. Speaking of husbands or not so much. I think that the scene with Jamal and Giselle driving to the airport was a master class in gentle gaslighting. Yeah. In um, a terrifying way. It was very uh, like cult leader like, you know, where yeah. you're sort of like blaming the victim for not explicitly saying, you know, you're wiggling out of bad behavior for not, you know, for people for being like, I'm not a mind reader, which is bullshit. It's like, to yeah, a certain I, extent, you can assume how reader. she feels, you know? Yeah, or, like, assume that most relationships are on, like, an upward trajectory and, like, there are milestones and things that you do. Like, you can make some assumptions that are not assumptions. Also, you could assumptions. just, you, if you feel that way, you could just open up a conversation about it. Why is it on her? Like, why are you taking yeah. cues from her? I just, it was just, like, such bullshit. It was very, have you been watching The Vow at all on HBO? So, I listened to the podcast podcast um Uh. that was basically about the same girl um but i haven't because hbo go got removed from our tvs and we've yet to set up hbo max so i still have that to look forward to i think that not to take the wind out of your sails but i bet the podcast was better i think that (laughs) the vow it's my first time like learning about the the story and the whole event and like all of you know keith ranieri and this whole thing but uh, it's pretty, pretty long-winded. It's uh, They really take their time with, like, everything. And then we just, like, Tony and I were watching it, and we were like, all right, it's a little slow, but we're really interested in it. We want to learn more. And then right towards the end of season one, they announced that there was going to be a second season, oh, and Tony was like, I'm out. No. I'm done. I'm yeah. just Googling stuff about it. I yeah. can't. Like, I can't do this. But it's it's funny to me seeing Keith Raniere, the cult leader in, in The Vow, switch between being like the more aggressive gaslighter and then a more like kind of gentle and persuasive one. Mm-hmm. And so I agree with you that the the like gentle gaslighting that Jamal was doing was very cult like and he is a pastor, which it's, is scary. Yeah, it's not right. It makes me sad that Giselle also sort of fell for that and she seemed to think that that was like a good conversation and I was like no dude he has to prove to you on every level that this is like worth it. He fucked up so bad. Yeah, I I, it, it, it makes me sad. It does make me feel like a friend getting back together with a bad boyfriend. I'm like, stop! You could just go date, go <sighs> date. Stop, yeah. Stop. Well, she's she's great, and she'll figure it out, and she'll be fine. At least she has a show. At least she's not like locked away somewhere with him in like a house where she has like no way to get out of the relationship or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, she has her own horribly decorated home. Yeah, to live in. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, should we get into our episode topic for the week? 
Yes. Okay. Can I can I give a little backstory yes. first? Okay. So uh, this week is the premiere of season seven of Southern Charm, and I think we've mentioned it on the pod before. But you have you've watched all of it. I had watched none of it, and I was like, okay. Well, this was over a month ago. I was like, you know what? I It's a fucking quarantine. I am going to just binge all of Southern Charm. I'm going to catch the fuck up because Alyssa says it's so juicy and I want to be able to talk about it. I'm telling you guys my Bravo app after watching like <laughs> two episodes just like broke. It was like you have the wrong login. And I was like, no, I don't bitch I do not have the wrong login and I was logging in I made Tony get on it I called AT&T my internet company and I was like I've got to get into my Bravo app and I went on a, a, like a Reddit a thread that was also people getting the same error code and they were like it's fucked you're just never gonna you're just like never gonna be able to get into the Bravo app and I wrote an email that was like the Bravo app is my life it's like I, it contingent on my, my job I have to watch the Bravo app so I put up a big stink I have uh downloaded a couple of other episodes of season one but then I reached out to Alyssa and I was like okay what if (laughs) you become my human bravo app and you have to explain to me (laughs) a spark notes version like when you didn't read the book in high school everything that you know about southern charm (laughs) because I want to start watching season seven I'll just watch it live because fuck my bravo app I guess but you have to spill the tea. So Alyssa has been challenged with this like huge assignment that is really entertaining for me and has been more hard work for you. But the this episode is going to be you walking me and any of our listeners who haven't watched Southern Charm through a little bit of what's important about the show so that we can watch it and cover it. And it's going to be great. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So you saw the most of the first season? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did it strike you as like very different from any other Bravo show that you've seen? So different. So weird. I, uh, it, yeah, it was just a very, very bizarre. I think what part of what was strange to me was also this like the Patricia character and Whitney being kind of, they don't seem like reality TV people to me. Yeah. He's like, an EP of the show. Like the same. Okay. Like, like Alex Compo, like, situation on Siesta Key it's very much like that okay understood that makes sense because I was like these people don't feel like reality stars to me and then the younger and like more like cute people I was like okay yeah you would you're gonna rope these in like I thought Shep was cute for the first season and uh like I but in general also the world of it and like showing all of the like plantations and like Uh everything about Charleston and the weird pride that they have for there was like yeah very different than any other Bravo world let's say yeah so basically I'll just sort of run through the characters and the reason why we're doing this is because allegedly the season is supposed to be like way different um and they are gonna reckon with some of the more problematic things about this show, which is why I was so psyched for the season. I will say the first episode was like extremely diff- disappointing for a bunch of reasons. Um, but mm. so we first meet um, Thomas Ravenel, who might be the worst piece of shit on Bravo uh, on any show, which is saying a lot. Yeah. To be honest with you, <laughs> um, he is. So all of these families are like basically descendants of founding fathers. Their families got here in like the 1700s. Um, Thomas was treasury of state or state treasurer or something, uh, and was arrested for distributing cocaine and did six months in prison, (laughs) um, doing his family proud. Like every time I watch the show, I'm like, oh yes, what the founding fathers intended for their offspring. (laughs) Like it's so insane. Thomas is also like in his forties at least. Yeah, he's old. He's super old. And um, gross. It is gross. Yeah, he's really disgusting. Um, and he's clearly like a, he's clearly a Republican. There's a scene that they removed from the show where his like old ass dad, who basically looks like a corpse, goes to get a drink with him, and he goes to pay um, for the drink with cash, and he puts down like a five dollar bill. And he's like, oh, uh, get rid of those. Those are that's the worst president. Like they deleted <sighs> that from the show. There's a lot of very like interesting conversations around sl- the history of slavery and like 
like for example one of the other characters cam she sells houses so if you're Mm -hmm. selling a really 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 old house like obviously there's going to be ties to slavery and i've just never seen it come up so often in the show and so i was interested or like in any other show but um this show and they kind of just shrug it off as like part of the history and and in this current season they're going to be reckoning with the black lives matter movement so i was like yes Mm -hmm. let's come let's talk about this it's kind of been like an elephant in the room the entire time um but anyway so thomas sucks um, he meets a girl that we start off with him being like, well, if I'm going to run for, you know, like office again, then I need a, a woman by my also, side. And in that mo- it, it was I didn't know as a uh, he is. OK, so he spent time in jail. So he's a felon, correct? Yeah. And that means that he can only run for two offices if he wanted to get back into politics, one of which was president. <laughs> I didn't I know like, that. That's pretty good. Yeah. It was the office that he is running for in season one, which is what, like, it's not mayor, but uh, he's running for, for something in the, within the state. And it's only like the one office that he can run for as was a former. Was it senator or no? I feel like he Maybe was trying to run against Lindsey Graham or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he and that's why he like wanted to date again because he was like, <sighs> I'm going to run for office. And, and I, I know that it's going to be challenged since I, it's challenging since I got caught with all that coke, but I can only run for senator or president. And I was like, what? is this country yeah so like i was on board with the show because it's very like they look like fucking idiots it's not glorifying any of this i'm like wow these people are such disappointments you know as far as like their lineage is concerned um so he starts on he's like i need a proper's other woman and you're like okay um so (laughs) he bops around and meanwhile we meet this girl named Catherine calhoun dennis and when she arrives on the scene she is a hot red-headed 21 year old and Mm -hmm. she is initially hooking up with shep whose family also founded the town of boykin south carolina so like he's also he's a trust fund kid he's like literally never worked a day in his life um so she's hooking up with Shep, his friend Craig, who's from Delaware, who might be like the least problematic one on this show, um, also has a crush on her. OK, so Got then uh, we go through the season and then she slept with Shep and then she slept with uh, Thomas eventually. And there's a pregnancy scare and they're like, oh, shit, we don't know who the dad is. Right. And we keep progressing, and it's like, oh, my God, this is a really precarious situation for a 21-year-old to be in. Um, And then we also find out as, like, a plot twist that she slept with Whitney, who has been, like, the biggest gaslighter the entire season and continues to be through the series where he's, like, she's, like, improper and she's dirty and she's classless. And he's, like, fucking her, which is crazy. I hate Whitney. Yeah. I hate him. I hated him from his from the beginning to the I hate him he sucks yeah so okay so then whatever Catherine really wants to be with Thomas she thinks they should get married all this stuff he keeps her at arm's length because he doesn't think that she's good for his image etc etc the literal like tag of the season is like she pops out a baby that is Thomas's (laughs) which I was like whoa this is like way crazier than Vanderpump Rules um So then we go into season two and um, and by the way, along the way, we meet Miss Patricia Altschul, who's Whitney's mom. She's like the Southern Lisa Vanderpump. She has a butler yes. named Michael who loves being a butler. He literally went to butler school. I was really worried about him. <laughs> I like Googled him to be like, is he OK? Like, does someone need to intervene? And he just like loves being a butler. He makes like a fabulous <laughs> gin martini every day for her at six o'clock. She literally has a bell that she rings for him to like bring her whatever there's a very famous scene later on in the show where he drives her through McDonald's in a Bentley and she has like a little <laughs> tray table that pops up that he sets up for her and he like sets up her, you know, Big Mac and whatever, uh, like very fancy. And then he makes a gin martini for her to have in the back of the car. Like oh, fresh. my God. I love michael yeah that's wild that also is a good balance for all of the other like very very weird moments where like i I remember in the first season thomas was like hosting a dinner party and he made a big stink about showing that he had the help was his word like make all of the food it's also no good no good no good yeah (laughs) it's like there's a lot of very bad stuff like that in here which is why i'm excited to see like the statue of john c calhoun to get like ripped down in south carolina Mm -hmm. this season yeah 
So then we come up on season two and Cameron, who is like sort of the like, I'm the working girl and this like group of friends and I'm the guy's girl. Literally, she's so triggering. You watch her go to a bar with like every single guy, shit on all the women on the show and then like pound a beer, eat like fried mac and cheese balls and like a full burger and then be like, ah, I don't know. I don't really exercise. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to jump out a window. <laughs> it's tough. She is not she's a the girl's girl. girl. Like every boy. Yeah. Every boyfriend you have like has a has a girlfriend like that, that you're like, oh, my God, yeah. you make my blood boil. <laughs> um. So then in season two, we pick up at with Catherine at Thomas's plantation, which is tough. Um, and she's basically like sequestered away from everybody else to raise this baby. Um, and it's eventually, you know, I, Thomas like sold his house in the city and just like put her there. So it's, you know, he, it seems like he has really nefarious intentions. We go mm. through the season. Um, Craig, God bless him, is really having a tough time getting to work to be a lawyer on time. He's, like, too drunk in the morning and just, like, keeps sleeping in. Shep doesn't want to um, settle down with anybody. Um, Thomas and Catherine are trying to make it work, and Catherine wants to get married because they have a baby together, and that he said he would marry her if they had a child. Um, and Ugh. he it doesn't end up working out. There's, like, a really famous scene where she is in a fur coat, and they're getting off a boat, and he's, like, leaving without her. And she's like, Thomas, stop, Thomas. Like, whatever. She's screaming. And it's, like, very sad. Um, so and they just don't end up working it out in season two. There's a girl named Landon who shows up who mm. she sleeps on a boat. Um, <laughs> and she uh, is really annoying. Another guy's girl. She also was in. She was an assistant where Heidi Montag worked in the hills. I spotted this recently. So she alludes like, oh, oh I spent some time in L.A. And I have a screen grab of her like literally working as an assistant on the hills, which is kind of fun. Um, wow. And that's like a problem between um, Catherine and Thomas. Basically, anytime a new girl shows up, Catherine thinks that Thomas is into her and he gives her every reason to think he's into her but he gaslights her and says like you're insane so the whole cast thinks that this girl is like out of her mind but really what was happening is like thomas was being vile behind the scenes uh, we come up on season three Catherine is pregnant again she says <laughs> she and thomas had a four-day romance and they are not together but god wanted to have them to have another baby what okay how are okay okay just keep going i'll, I'll hold my questions no no no. keep <laughs> ask questions it might I, help me like remember everything honestly i i'm just like so confused about i i really i really like Catherine, and i'm wondering why she keeps going back to thomas if like he's told her explicitly he doesn't want to marry her she's not going to be able to like live this life with him so like why does she want to keep having his babies and like make her life more complicated well she's 22 at this point mm. um i think he keeps saying that they'll get married and that they'll work it out basically he keeps oh. dangling like if you can stop being so dramatic then we'll get married and she's like okay oh, fuck off. and then he goes and like does horrible things like like literally there's a scene in season three where Catherine lunges at Whitney and has to be held back because he showed up when she was nine months pregnant, about to give birth any day, and took, like, Thomas out to a strip club, and, like, he didn't come <sighs> home. And she's – it's it's iconic. She's like, you nasty motherfucker. You know, you, you showed Ooh. up when I was fucking pregnant and took him to a strip club. It's crazy. Um, so I think that she's just, like, you know, learning the hard way that, like, people don't always mean what they say, and if they – did that you would have a ring on your finger unfortunately mm. um anyway craig continues to like fail uh <laughs> at being a lawyer which is pretty good craig like not being able to execute on anything and then eventually he gets fired he lies about taking the bar doesn't pass the bar has to move home because he has no money decides to start a pillow business literally this i knew yes like sews pillows his girlfriend naomi like makes fun of him um, he doesn't have any business acumen, but he is very passionate about making these pillows. And now he has like a huge pillow business, which is nice. I love this. This is the only really the only thing that I knew about Southern Charm before, like of Southern Charm as a Bravo fan. Is I was like, isn't there a guy who makes decorative 
pillows and it's like this huge and he has Craig's pillow parties. <laughs> like, I love this for him. Yes. He also <laughs> has like a very cute, loving relationship with his girlfriend's cat who's named Gizmo. Um, and when they break up, um, really like it's pretty apparent that Gizmo likes Craig more, but he goes with Naomi. And so sometimes he gets to visit Gizmo. So that's nice. Sad. (laughs) It's really cute, but it's mostly because he's like, all of these men are unmotivated and unemployed and they stay home all day and they don't do anything and they just get wasted and do it again over and over again. So like, of course the cat likes you more, you know, your (laughs) girlfriend's like working. Um, so then at the end of the season, uh, things are still not working out between Thomas and Catherine. Um, Catherine thinks that Landon slept with Thomas, but she won't admit it. Um, and that's like sort of where we leave things off with them. We go into it's just like more on and off with um, Catherine and Thomas, who is an evil person in season five. um he starts dating this girl named Ashley who's from Santa Barbara and people accuse her of being an escort. And she yeah. is somehow like just as evil as Thomas. Um, Whoa. he, and there's an iconic fight where they're fo- both fully dressed up in like ballroom garb. And she calls, uh, Catherine an egg donor and says like, you're oh. nothing but a baby mama. And Catherine <gasps> says like, you're not, you're not messing with our family. And, um, like it it's it's like one of the best costume fights I've ever seen on Bravo. <laughs> and that's when I like sort of started to have respect for Catherine because I was like, oh, she really like stands up for herself and she protects her children and all of that. That has been ripped away because of like some, you know, uh, unsavory actions that she's done. Like in the in the recent season, they kind of reckon with it. But mm. so we'll see like how she comes out of there. Um, and then in the sixth season, there is this character named Madison who you you saw in the season premiere mm-hmm. last night. And she has um, – she's dating Austin who is an idiot and doesn't do anything <laughs> for a living and is like, I want to make beer. And, like, I don't know. He, like, sleeps all Austin day. Austin also looks too much like Craig and Shep. Yeah, they it all was, look it's the same. Very, they, all the guys, all the, like, young white guys on this show are all, like, exactly the fucking same. I'm like, it's hard for me to keep track. Yeah. But, okay, so Madison is dating Austin. Austin is a dingus. Um, but do we like Madison? Because I, I, like, liked her last night during the premiere, but I don't know if I'm allowed to like her. Yeah, she she's bad? pretty good. Uh, she kind of okay. gets in the shit. Like, you saw her throwing the, like, you gave Danny chlamydia. And it's like, I don't feel like yeah. Danny deserved that. Like, she's nice. She didn't do anything to you. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but, uh, she's like a tough cookie. She has a son from her previous marriage and she, uh, and he's so cute. Hudson, he's darling. He blow dries his own hair, which I like very much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so last season there was a video that came out of Madison walking in on Austin and like there was two girls in his bed in the morning and (gasps) their, their under was where was on the floor. And one of them hid in a bathroom and like filmed the whole thing. And she just like freaked out about it. Rightfully so. Yeah. (laughs) And then like all the guys like took Austin's side and it's just like the good old boys club, you know, like that's how the show is. They're like, no matter what any of the men do, all the women are crazy. And it's like, wait a second. (laughs) Um, and also, Thomas got fired from season six um, because his nanny sued him for assaulting her, sexually assaulting her. Oh, right. And I was very disappointed to see that he had a scene in last night's episode. And I'm hoping that they didn't advertise that. And I'm hoping that they, uh, that that's it, that that's the extent of him being in the season because that's not right. Like, yeah, maybe they just had to do it to show like because Catherine's still living with him. Yeah. And just to be like, here he is. He's living with Catherine. That's that. Um, But yeah, he was in it quite a bit. And then they did show the the clip of Catherine finding out or talking to Craig or Shep, who look exactly the same (laughs) about like having to explain to her kids like what was happening with the nanny in the lawsuit. And it it looked really heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, So I... You know, it's interesting because, like, sometimes I feel for these women. Their politics are totally different than mine. But they're, like, standing up to these dudes that are totally gaslighting them and, like, protecting their children, which is a really Mm -hmm. commendable thing to do. And sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, what am I watching on this show? (laughs) But mostly the pregnancies are the, the, the... I think that really, like, sets it apart from other shows because having just, like, a surprise pregnancy from a 
four-day tryst with your like shitty ex who won't marry you is like quite shocking to watch happen on a reality show yeah it's the highest stakes that you can have it's it sounds like this show has incredibly high stakes because yeah people are like getting knocked up and walking in on threesomes and like all of this crazy stuff and then it's in one of the most specific like it's set in one of the most specific and weird environments that it could be in like charleston is such a character in and of itself on this show um so it's very fascinating it's also just like uh, such a character of like white privilege as well because like all of these people mm. literally they're just like their families got here like and made you know put up like houses and like whatever they're like this is ours now you know and they're all so wealthy because of it like it's unclear to me like oh, okay, if you're just, like, the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of this family, I guess that means that you've just had, like, a longer time to accumulate wealth if you weren't a slave. Like, that's – or an enslaved person, I should say. But it's – so it's, like, really wild to see – you know, they're just like, oh, the world's my oyster. I can do whatever I want. And they're just sort of, like, not reckoning with any of the problematic things about the world that they live in. And this season they're in such a bubble. Yeah. And this season it looks like they're going to really have to like face everything and talk about it and perhaps apologize, which I am hoping they handle in a, in a sensitive, like, well, you know, well-produced way. And I want Andy to like hold them accountable for some shit that they've been doing. I think that that's really exciting and intriguing and different, which is perfect for the show. That is such a fucking different show on the Bravo, you know, slate. Yeah. So you did a very good job. I feel like a completely <laughs> informed. I know the ups and downs. I also really a lot of things actually were cleared up after watching last night's episode, like the, the Madison and Austin thing. That yeah. something makes so much sense because mm-hmm. they alluded to it, but I didn't get it. And the ups and downs of this Catherine and Thomas thing. Crazy. Um Craig also I was like he seems sweet so this makes sense yeah he seems sweet um and like Cameron and Chelsea who I really like who I didn't really get into because she's not always in drama because she's like normal and she's like just a cute hairdresser um they quit the show this season and Naomi who was Craig's girlfriend quit the show as well um so Mm. and it sounds like they're still talking about the drama of that like with the texting and you know Cameron's husband cheating and whatever um, but, uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they like really address it without them on the show. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, that's Southern charm. It's also wild to me. Like this st- show started seven years ago and I like watch it with a totally different lens now than I did then. Which is cool. Yeah. It's fun. It, I mean, there's so many different shows like that that we are like growing up with so that, and then this one has uh, so many relevant topics yeah. that I'm excited to see how they handle it. Yeah. Uh, I have to skedaddle off to a two-hour Zoom uh, regarding sexual harassment, which is actually relevant to this conversation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'll be thinking of Thomas Ravenaugh during my sexual harassment Zoom for my job. Uh, but thank you so much for this, Alyssa. Yes. Well, I'm. thank you for watching, and I hope I did the show <laughs> justice. And we'll see. You got a taste of, like, you know, where we came from. So now you'll... Yeah. A hundred percent. And we'll post some of those iconic moments and, and things on the Instagram too. Cause I'm very stoked. Yeah. Um, but okay. I'll talk to you later, dude. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs>